Welcome to the Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast, brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Trucking Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Trucking, Avery Weiss. As Avery presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading the PDF or PowerPoint of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF and PowerPoint is available now at www.ftrintel.com podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads for the Trucking Market Update, as well as the weekly rail market update with Todd Tronowski and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com podcast. Welcome to FTR's weekly trucking market update. I'm Avery Weiss, Vice President of Trucking. This is episode 237 for the week of October 30th, 2023. Before we start, a reminder you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com podcast. Before we get into the latest weekly and monthly indicators, let's look at how the U.S. economy fared in the third quarter. Real gross domestic product, or GDP, rose 4.9% quarter over quarter on a seasonally adjusted annualized basis. That's the largest gain since the fourth quarter of 2021, according to data from the Bureau of Economic Analysis. The third quarter's growth was linked mostly to consumption, either directly or indirectly. About 55% of the increase was due to consumer spending, and another 27% was due to private inventory investment, much of which has to uh, do with the support of consumer spending on goods. The rest came from government spending, exports, and residential fixed investment. One of the negatives for GDP was an increase in imports, but that gain was a boost to the portion of the economy linked to freight transportation, or what FTR calls the GDP goods transport sector. The goods transport sector rose 6.5% in the third quarter, after five straight weak quarters, four of which were actually quarter-over-quarter decreases. Growth in the goods transport sector exceeded overall GDP growth for the first time since the fourth quarter of last year. Okay, let's talk about diesel prices, which in the latest week nearly erased the increase in the previous week. The national average price of diesel fell 10.1 cents to $4.45.4 a gallon, during the week ended October 30th. That's a week after the national average jumped 10.1 cents. Prices were down in all regions. The largest decrease, 12.6 cents a gallon, was in California, which had seen the largest decrease in the previous week. Prices in California are now below $6 a gallon for the first time since mid-September. California prices are down 37 cents over the past four weeks. That might sound like a lot, but keep in mind that the average price in California had surged by more than $1.50 from late June until the beginning of October. The region that was mostly responsible for the spike in diesel prices two weeks ago, the Midwest, saw a large drop as well, more than $0.11 per gallon. Crude prices, meanwhile, are still trending or trading around $85 a barrel. Okay, let's talk about the spot market for truck freight during the week ended October 27th which is week 43 of the year. Broker-posted spot rates in the truck stop system declined for the fourth straight week during the week, but the decrease was generally in line with expectations for rate moves during the month of October. 
Spot rates for refrigerated equipment returned to their downward trend after rising during the prior week. Dry van and flatbed saw slight increases in spot rates. The next several weeks will be key in assessing the market strength as dry van and refrigerated rates usually rise heading into Thanksgiving. Let's look more closely at rates. Uh, The total broker posted rate declined just over a penny after decreasing a cent during the previous week. Rates were nearly 12% below the same week last year, nearly 5% below the five-year average. Total market rates have decreased in six of the past seven weeks, but so far they're moving mostly as expected during the period between Labor Day and Thanksgiving. Drive-in rates uh, increased just over a cent after holding steady during the previous week. Rates, which were up for just the second time in the past seven weeks, were 7% below the same week last year and about 9% below the five-year average. Refrigerated spot rates fell 3.5 cents after increasing about 3 cents during the previous week. Rates were more than 10% below the same 2022 week and 6% below the five-year average. Flatbed rates ticked up four-tenths of a cent after falling two cents during the prior week. Rates are nearly 14% below the same week last year and about 3% below the five-year average. Let's look at volume. Total load activity decreased 3.9% after declining about 3% in the prior week. Volume was nearly 24% below the same week last year and about 30% below the five-year average. Volume was down in all regions, although the decrease in the West Coast was marginal. Dry van loads declined 2.5% after easing a percent in the prior week. Loads were up on the West Coast, but down in all other regions. Volume was 25% below the same week last year and about 30% below the five-year average. Refrigerated loads decreased 4.3% after increasing about 7% in the prior week. As was the case with dry van, loads were up on the West Coast, but down elsewhere, although the decrease in refrigerated loads in the Northeast was basically minuscule. Volume was about 23% below the same week last year, and about 30% below the five-year average for the week, as was the case with the dry van. Flatbed loads fell 4.4% after falling about uh, 6% in the prior week. Loads were up in the mountain central region, but down elsewhere. Volume was about 22% below the same 2022 week and 36% below the five-year average for the week. We haven't talked much about unemployment benefits in recent months because they've been fairly stable, but I did want to point out that continued claims for benefits jumped by 63,000 seasonally adjusted in the latest week. That's the largest increase since November of last year, matching an increase in February. Also, the 1.79 million seasonally adjusted continued claims are the highest since May of this year. I note this only as something to watch. It's worth noting that initial claims for unemployment benefits increased only modestly in the latest week and are still running well below the number we typically saw before the pandemic. Let's wrap up the weekly data with a look at mortgage rates, which rose for the seventh straight week to their highest level since October of 2000. Average rate on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage hit 7.79% in the latest week, according to Freddie Mac which noted that mortgage rates are up two full points this year. Affordability remains a hurdle, and the only ways to address it are lower rates and greater inventory of homes in the market, Freddie Mac said. 
Since we're already talking about the housing market, let's stick with it and talk about sales of new homes, which are looking much stronger than sales of existing homes, as we discussed last week. Sales of new single-family homes jumped more than 12% seasonally adjusted in September to the highest level since February of last year. The month-over-month increase was the largest since August of last year, although it followed an 8.2% drop in August of this year. Sales were up nearly 34% year-over-year in September. Strong sales yielded a further decline in the inventory of new homes on the market at current sales rates. In September, the new home inventory fell to 6.9 months, which is the lowest since February of 2022. As recently as July of last year, the inventory of new single-family homes was more than 10 months, which at the time was the highest since early 2009. Although sales of new homes have been volatile, they generally have been rising over the past year, unlike sales of existing homes, which, as we discussed last week, have fallen in 19 of the past 20 months. The disconnect between new and existing homes likely relates to availability. Given high prices and mortgage rates, many would-be sellers are on the sidelines because they cannot afford to replace their existing homes with much more expensive ones. That hurdle does not exist with newly built homes. Surely, though, new home sales would be far stronger if mortgage rates were lower and home prices also were lower. The median new home price is down about 16% since October of last year, but it is still more than 26% higher than it was before the pandemic. Lack of supply has made that differential much larger for existing homes, however. Okay, let's talk about consumer spending. Real consumer spending rose four-tenths of a percent, seasonally adjusted in September. The growth in real spending was the strongest since July and otherwise the strongest since a 1% jump in January. Real spending on goods outpaced spending on services, rising half a percent compared to the three-tenths of a percent increase in services spending. The largest contributor was both used and new vehicles uh, and parts and other non-durable goods, which were led by prescription drugs. Real spending on durable goods surged 1.1%, while spending on non-durable goods ticked up two-tenths of a percent. Personal income as a share of disposable income, otherwise known as the personal savings rate, fell to 3.4% in September from 4% in August. The personal savings rate is now the lowest since November of last year. Okay, let's talk about inventories briefly. Total retail inventories rose nine-tenths of a percent, seasonally adjusted in September, led by automotive, which has frequently been the case recently. Retail inventories of motor vehicle and parts rose 2.2%. Total retail inventories in September were up 5.6% year-over-year. Retail inventories, however, were up nearly 22% year-over-year, excluding automotive, Retail inventories were up just three-tenths of a percent month over month and were flat year over year. I should emphasize that the figures I just cited are in current dollars, and that means they are skewed somewhat by inflation. Now that we have data for the third quarter, we can look at real inventories, i.e. inventories adjusted for inflation. Total real retail inventories rose 1.6% quarter over quarter in Q3, and were up 2.7% year-over-year. Real retail inventories of motor vehicle and parts 
rose 4.2% and were up more than 13% year-over-year. Excluding automotive, real retail inventories were up just four-tenths of a percent quarter-over-quarter, and in fact, they were down 1.7% year-over-year. Given the continued strong levels of consumer spending on goods, it would not appear that there's much risk of an inventory correction in retail in the near term. Finally, this week, let's look at demand in the manufacturing sector. Total new orders for durable manufactured goods rose 4.7% seasonally adjusted, due mainly to a 92.5% surge in new orders for civilian aircraft. Excluding transportation equipment, durable goods orders increased half a percent as they did in August and were up 1.7% year over year. New orders for core capital goods, that's non-defense capital goods excluding aircraft, rose six-tenths of a percent month over month and were up 2.4% year over year. However, the Census Bureau data on manufacturing orders is not adjusted for inflation, so FTR calculates an inflation-adjusted figure for core capital goods orders using the producer price index for private capital equipment. Using that approach, we calculate that the real new orders for core capital goods increased four-tenths of a percent month-over-month instead of six-tenths of a percent, and were actually down 1.2% year-over-year instead of being up 2.4%. Okay, let's recap some key takeaways for the week. Gross domestic product rose 4.9% on an annualized basis in Q3. The GDP goods transport sector rose a strong 6.5%. Diesel prices fell sharply in the latest week, nearly offsetting the previous week's increase. Total spot market rates declined for the fourth straight week. Continued claims for unemployment benefits rose sharply. Mortgage rates are at the highest level since October of 2000. Sales of new homes jumped in September. Real consumer spending increased in September with goods outpacing services. The automotive industry once again posted a strong increase in retail inventories. And new orders for durable manufactured goods rose in September. Next week, we will dig into the labor market with a look at job openings in September and payroll employment and other key labor metrics for October. Plus, we'll recap the week in diesel prices and the spot market as usual. That's it for FTR's Trucking Market Update, episode 237 for the week of October 30th, 2023. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we hope you will join us next week. That's it for this week's Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF and PowerPoint of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business. Music